right, happy Sabbath, everyone. All right, um, let us begin with a silent word of prayer. Amen. Okay, I pray everyone had a a blessed week thus far. And um, though some of us have had some uh, trials this morning, by God's grace, we've all um, made it here, and we've where we have a testimony that we can share with everyone um, this upcoming prayer meeting. But Nonetheless, we're all in the house of God, and we are to give thanks for all of his rich blessings that he has bestowed upon us. Amen? Amen. All right. So, as we continue to look into um, this topic, for the Lord um, has brought us to a point in, in our experience where he's, he's brought us before this door. Amen? Because mm-hmm. um, Ezekiel 1.1, 1, 1, it says that the heavens open. Amen? Amen. So, um, as the heavens open, it means that, the, 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 that this door has been opened. Amen? Because as the heavens open, that is a door that allows us to reach, into, um, those, reach through those heavenly gates. And he brought us down, showing us that in Genesis 28, that the Lord, that, that Christ, through his, his, his condescension and taking on human nature, he has bridged the gulf, bridged this gap between heaven and earth. And he has touched earth with one hand and grasped the throne of God with the other. Amen? Mm-hmm. And through this, he has helped us to be drawn even closer to the Lord. Yeah. But there's an experience that we all must have. There's an oil that we all must have that would allow us to be brought back literally through those heavenly gates and be able to dwell and fellowship with all the unfallen worlds. And that experience is soon to come upon us and the entire world. But we all must have a, a thorough understanding of what that experience is to be like and what we are to do when, um, when that experience comes upon each and every one of us. Amen. Because it's a, it's the trial of our faith. It's 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 the it's the crisis that is to to try all of us and even those that are in the world. Because you have the in the church is just like what? Yes, you were about to say the world. Yes, the church and the world they run they run parallel, right? And the things that are the characteristics that take place in the church are also the characteristics that take place in the world. Amen. And the Lord shows us this 
by giving us the, the, the example of a husband and a wife. And a husband and a wife, they have, they share the same characteristics. Because since they become one in marriage, they also not only become one in just going into um, each other's home or the bedchambers and just um, sharing their last name. No, they become one in all things. Because in that, in the, the consummation of the marriage, they do share um, genetic material with one another and they literally become one. A man and a woman literally become one when they, they consummate their marriage vows. Everyone knows that? Okay, so in doing so, um, man and woman are to become one and they're to share the same characteristics. The same thing with the, the church and the world. They share similar characteristics. But the, at the end of the world, the, the world now takes on, takes, takes a, a, a woman upon herself that is not ordained of God. A woman that, it is, that is not chosen of, of God. Because in the story of Abraham and Isaac, Abraham was the one that chose Isaac's wife. Amen? So God is the one who chose the wife of, of these United States. And in 1844, that woman came into existence. The Seventh-day Adventist Church came into existence, and she was to be the wife, the one that leads this, these United States into the right path and into the right way, which is God's way, because God says He is the way. Amen? So as this wife now was to help in, in bringing right attributes into her husband, they were both supposed to go hand in hand and lighting the whole world with God's glory. But wrong attributes then came in. And because of these wrong attributes, now this, 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 um, this man, the state, is going to choose a different wife and go after lusting after this wife like Samson lusted after Delilah. And in so doing, it led, it led Samson to, be, to lose his crown, to lose the thing that was so dear to him, to lose the, 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 the substance of his strength. And then what happened at the end of, of, of Samson's life? Two pillars, two towers came crushing down because of his axe. Okay? Amen. And he was blind. It's the same, the same thing that took place in our history. Two towers came down and the United States were blind to the effects of what brought that very thing about. Amen. So it is very important for us in the choosing of our wives and the building up of our household because these characteristics then blend and share between one another. And, and the Lord is showing us that we are to take on the characteristics of our husband, which is Christ. And these characteristics is what is going to help us in leading us through the great crisis and the great trial of our faith. Amen? Because these characteristics are to shine forth in that great um, crisis. Because is character developed in a crisis? No. no. Amen. Amen. We all remember the quote. Amen. The, the character is revealed in a crisis. It's manifested whom you serve. Because that crisis only brings, brings out all the attributes of what um, you truly are. It's the same thing when, um, when people go out and they get into an altercation. 
Or if you get into an argument with someone and that person comes out and they lash out and they say, oh, you are this and that and you're that thing and the next thing, that's their actual thoughts about you now coming out. That's that deep underlying secret things that they're hiding. That's what the crisis is to bring out. If we truly spent time with our Lord and Savior, because if we truly spend time in our Lord and, with our Lord and Savior, only the attributes of righteousness will then spew out of our mouths. Only the things of Christ will then come up and we will manifest who is actually sitting upon the throne of our hearts. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, these are the things that actually take place. The world also knows these things because when um, people, when, when a man or a woman get into an a, a, a issue and a woman then lashes out and says, oh, this is why your mom did this and this is why you still wet the bed and all these other things, it is because all these deep sentiments that was in her are just now coming out. And the same thing with a man. Men do the same, the very same thing. Whether it's with their, their spouse or with their friends, their true heart then shows out because of this crisis that comes out in their lives. Go ahead. Um, it also reminds me of, of when people get drunk. Yes, as well. amen. Because the saying goes, what is it? A drunk man's words is a sober man's thoughts. I've never heard, mm-hmm. I've never heard that before. A drunk man's words is a sober man's sense. thoughts. Yes. Yeah, I've, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fitting. Because when you're, you're drunk with the wine of Babylon... That's, the, that's what shows what's actually sitting upon your heart. And, and these United States are going to come to a point where they will show who is sitting upon their heart because they will speak as a dragon. So it shows that a dragon was sitting upon their hearts. Amen? And that's what this crisis that we're coming to. And I keep bringing up this crisis because it's truly right at the door. It's right, we're right before this great crisis. And by God's grace, we're going to um, open up some of these things, whether this, um, this presentation or the next one. So I sent a, a quote in the chat and we're, we're going to start with that quote instead of in the, in the notes, but this is from broadside one. And, um, for those, um, for those on the, on the live stream, this is also from early writings 55 and to 56. Yes, 55 to 56. But this is Broadside 1, April 6, 1846, paragraph 7. And um, um, and we'll begin... We would begin where is it? Okay. We will begin where it says those who rose up. Is everybody amen when everybody sees it? Right after the sentences that says left in perfect darkness. Okay. It says, those who rose up when Jesus did kept their eyes fixed on him as he left the, left the throne and led them out a little way. Then he raised his, his right arm 
and we heard his lovely voice saying, wait here, I am going to my father to receive the what? To receive the kingdom. Um, keep your garment spotless, and in a little while I will return from the wedding and receive you to myself. So there, the Lord opened up to us that he has opened up a door um, before us. Now, when he opens this door, does it automatically mean that we are on the, op on the, the inside of that door? No, no. The Lord just opens the door. It is up to us if we are to enter in with him. Amen. So as Ellen White sees in this vision that when they came to October 22nd, that the Lord rose up and went into the holiest, that a door was open unto them. Amen. And the Lord says to wait here. But as but when he went in, some if you continue in the quote, it says that some grew weary. And then some didn't, and others did not see when Christ arose and went in that door. So there were some who were waiting, just like the, um, the wise virgins, waiting and, 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 and um, anticipating Christ's return for them to come in, while others, they were inattentive and did not wait for Christ to tell them to come in. Those who grow weary, Satan comes in now and, and, and basically sweeps them away. And they bow to Satan and his, and his false doctrines. While others, they rise up and move with him into that door. Amen? And makes this transition from the holy into the most holy and begin this work of um, the judgment of the dead. So, you like you have a, <laughs> was, something to say? I, I have this vision. They're wearing the garment. They're, they have on wedding garments. They have, yeah, they have on white garments, yeah. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they're to keep them spotless. Amen. That's not the end. Amen. Yes. That's a, that's a, I'm just having this vision as you're talking. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. So as they're move, like as they're keeping their garments spotless, they are to continually watch and wait for, for Christ to return for them. But, but some turned and, and, and looked back just like Lot's wife on the things that, um, that they had left behind and did not enter into this door. So these, these same groups are going to be here at the, at the end of the world, at, at, at the end of this experience, matter of fact, that are, that are not going to be waiting for Christ to, to tell them to rise up and come with him as he begins this next work. Because now we're making the transition from the dead to the what? to the living. So we're moving from the judgment of the dead to the judgment of the living. And as we make this transition from dead to the living, this same work is going to take place. And those who are not watching and waiting will be left in that, in that past work of the judgment of the dead and won't transfer from the dead to the living. But then they would literally be dead because they're left with their useless um, they're left with their useless prayers, their useless sacrifices, and their useless um, adornments and ornaments and so on and so forth. So we all must watch and, uh, and pray so that we are not um, deceived by Satan's diverse temptations. Because right when Christ moves, Satan comes to take the place of where Christ was. He's always right behind Christ trying to um, assume the old work that he, he, once, um, he once had. 
So now let's go into um, the notes in the top with Revelation 3 and verse 1. Now, Alawite also brings up that you have these three churches. The last three churches are to repeat at the, at the end of the world. So in the type, it must be the same thing. We, we must have people that fall into these three groups. And you have the church of Sardis, you have the church of, La of Philadelphia, and you have the church of Laodicea. These three churches are the last, are, are the last churches that are to be on, on the face of the earth. And, in, and just like it is and at the literal end of the world, in the type, it must be the very same thing. Amen? We have people that are going to be in these three groups, but there's only one group that we all need to, um, to be in. We need to be in the church of what? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Amen. We all need to be a part of that church, the pure church. Why? Because it is that church where the Lord says nothing bad about that church. And we'll see why. Because as the fifth day, fourth month came, and the Lord says that the heavens open which means a door was open, there was also a door opened to the church of Philadelphia. Amen? Amen? All right, we'll get to it. Now, Revelation 3 and verse 1 to 3. It says, And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, and the seven, and the seven churches. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest, and are what? Dead. And are dead. Amen. So these people have a name that they're alive, but they're actually what? How are they dead? How are we dead? Amen. You're dead in trespasses and sins. So there, this church, they they have the name Christian, but they're still soiled with their sins and their trespasses um, still upon them. So their garments are not what, Wes? Spotless. Yes, their garments are not spotless. Their garments are spotted. Okay, so they have this name Christian, which is which the, the in the midst of the name Christian is Christ, which is living, but they are dead. Okay, it says be watchful and strengthen the things which what? Which remain. So, so they're not wholly lost. Okay, they have some things that they should strengthen. Because those things, because that's what the Lord is saying, strengthen those things that remain. Strengthen those good attributes, those good characteristics that you have taken upon yourself. It says, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. So go back to the old path. Go back to that first, go back to the first time where you fell in love with God's word. Go back to the first prophecies that brought you into the truth. Go back to Daniel 11:40 and how it has brought you up and brought you to this point where you're in where you you can understand how you've got to this point and where you have messed up. Amen. Amen? Mm -hmm. So the church of Sardis, they have some in them that have the right still lingering within their hearts. Their hearts are still burning with the fire of God, but some of them are dying. Some of them are diminishing. Amen. This is some of those who are, are getting weary for the Lord's waiting. I mean, not for the Lord's waiting, for the Lord's coming. 
It says, if therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. It says in GCB, April 6, 1903, it says, in view of this instruction, how how it is important that we do not devote our time to fault-finding or criticizing, but that we receive the divine truth in our hearts, that they may break before God. The broken heart and the contrite spirit God will receive. We must not base our salvation upon suppositions. We must know for of a surety that Christ is, is formed within the hope of glory. We must know for ourselves that the Spirit of God is abiding in our hearts and that we can hold communion with God. Then if he should come to us quickly, if by any chance our life should be suddenly... Oh, I should have, I should have bolded that. Let me go back over that again. It says, then if he should come to us quickly, if by any chance our life is suddenly... Life should suddenly be ended. So for the Lord to come quickly, it means that your life suddenly comes to an end. That's what it means that the Lord comes quickly. This is why that, that he tells them that, that they need to watch so that the Lord doesn't come upon them as a thief. Because mm. no one knows when they're going to breathe their last breath. That's what it means for the Lord to come quickly. Because the next thing you, you know of when you open your eyes again is Christ's second coming. Amen? So this is why it's important for us to be ready now, even yesterday. Because we don't know when Christ is, is going to suddenly come upon us quickly. It says we should be ready to meet our God. Now, while it is called today, let us see our house in order. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in provocation. Because of, of their unbelief of God's word, the children of Israel who left Egypt perished in the wilderness. God granted that God grant that we may not through unbelief fail of entering into the promised land. Let us keep step with Jesus Christ. Now, that's the church of, of Sardis. So now let's move on to the church of, of Philadelphia and what he says to, to this church. And it says, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. It says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee, and what? An open door. It says, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. So when the, the Lord opened up to us the 54th month, he opened up this door. So he has this door opened to us and no man can shut it. Just like how the door to the ark was open, just how the door to, um, just how the door to um, to Israel was also open, just like the door in 1844 was open. All these doors were open for man to freely come in, but not all came in. Amen. Mm -hmm. But this door is open to all to come in, even though all do not want to come in. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. 
Amen. Yes, all are called, but not all wanted to, to go to the wedding. So the church of Philadelphia, everyone is welcomed to come into this church, but there are requirements to coming into this church. And he says that there to them is given an open door. Okay, so, so this is what I was mentioning earlier. To the church of Philadelphia, they have this, this door open. Christ is open to them because he says that I am the door. So as he's the door, he's open to them to come in and sup with him. To, 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 eat with, um, to eat with him and to bring in their characteristics. Just like the door to the, to, to the abode of Boaz was open unto Ruth. And when she came in, they brought forth a, a child that was after Christ's heart. So, so we must do the very same thing. We must come in and sup with him and bring forth children that are after the, the heart of Christ as well. That was after God's own heart. So now let's go down to this, the last church. And it says, and unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these things saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. He is dis they are distasteful unto God. So he is, he is casting them off and they will no more, no more sup with him. Amen. He's, he's, he's leaving them out and spewing them out into the dirt. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Okay, let's get to, um, can I have a reader for the next quote? Yes. The Lord shows that there is something better for his people than mere outward worship. He demands, he demands of them a pure, undefiled religion. The gold he bids them buy of him is the gold of character. The eye salvage obtained by earnest seeking of the Lord. We are to come to God confessing our sins and humbling our hearts before him. If ever there was a people who needed to pray most earnestly to God, if ever there was a people who, need, who needed to strip themselves of everything that is offensive to him, it is this people who, who profess to keep the commandments of God and to have the faith of Jesus. Okay, what is the gold? What's the gold that we have to buy? Character. Yes, amen. Loud, little, little louder. Character. Okay, it's character. What is the eye salve? Yes, it's a seeking of the Lord. The gold is, is, is his character, and he's telling them that they need, to buy, uh, they need to buy this gold and this eye salve, this seeking after the Lord, this seeking for the precious pearl. Amen? Because in doing so, they will turn from their, um, from their wrong ways. So, they have, we have these three groups. These, the Sardis Church, that... Um, that is, that is kind of mingled with, with those people who, who are dead and some that are, 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 are alive that have to, that have to um, hold on to those things that, that remain. 
We have the Philadelphia church that has this pure church that has this door open before them and Laodicea who is mingled with, with truth and error and the Lord says well, he will spew them out of his mouth. So what story are, do we see has those same characteristics, those same three? There's three groups that, um, that are in, matter of fact, make it even easier, that is in Israel. And you have these three groups that Moses came to call, that, that he came to and spoke to and called out those who still had, oh, who still had the truth, but they had a little, they mingled with a, a little wrong. And then those who did not touch of that wrong at all. Who remembers that story? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll, get, we'll just get to it. We'll get to it. All right. Next verse in 1 Timothy 5 and verse 6. It says, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. So, so those in Laodicea, they like to live in pleasure while they're, while they're alive. But they're the ones that are, they are the ones who are truly dead. They're trying to just live after their own hearts and lusting after the things of this world. So now let's, let's see what, what these, these three groups are, are from. And it says in Exodus 32. Who remembers Exodus 32 now? Okay, this is the story of the golden calf. Amen? All right. It says, then Moses stood in the gate. Okay, so now the gate, for him to stand in the... Oh, I'll just continue. It says, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side? Let him... Come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. All right. The children of Levi was of the church of Philadelphia. They did not partake in the abominations that was taking place with the golden calf. Amen. Everybody here? All right. But then some partook but repented and then they stood on the left hand of Moses. Amen. So you have those who, those who did not partake and then those who partook and repented. These are the groups that is an Adventism. Those who, those who are going to come at the, at the Civil Sunday Law that are going to repent of the, the wrongs that has taken place. Those who have not taken part in, in this great rebellion. And then those who partake but do not care to repent of their sins. Those are the ones that the Lord spews out of his mouth. These are the three groups that are there at the end of the world. Okay? The Philadelphians, the, the, the Sardis church, and the Laodiceans. All right? All right. Let's um, have a reader for PP324. Hopefully it brings, it gets a little clearer. Though God had granted the prayer of Moses in sparing Israel from destruction... Their apostasy was to be signal, signally punished. The lawlessness and insubordination into which Aaron had permitted them to fall, if not speedily crushed, would run riot in wickedness and would involve the nation of irretrievable, irretrievable ruin. By terrible severity, the evil must be put away. Standing in the gate of the camp, Moses called to the people, Who is the, on the Lord's side? 
let him come unto me. Those who had not joined the apostasy were, the, were to take their position at the right of Moses. Those who were guilty but repentant at the left. The command was obeyed. It was found that the tribe of Levi had taken no part in the idolatrous worship. From among other tribes, there were great numbers who, although they had sinned, now signified their repentance. But a large company, mostly of the mixed multitude that instigated the making of the calf, stubbornly persisted in their rebellion. In the name of the Lord God of Israel, Moses now commanded those upon his right hand who, had, who kept themselves clear of idolatry to gird on their swords and slay all who persisted in rebellion. Okay, so this, the whole house of Israel is the whole house of Adventists. We have some Adventists that are sympathetic with, um, with those of the, the alphabet community. Amen? And we have some that even at the Civil Sunday Law are going to be sympathetic of the, of the new change in laws to worship on Sunday. The, 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 in the desecration of marriage, it's the same desecration upon the Sabbath. So, with those who are sympathetic, and then you have those who hate that those who are sympathetic to it, and that this idolatry is, is permeating through Adventism. So those are the children of Levi. The children of Sardis are the ones who, who can see, who cannot separate sin from the sinner. And says like, oh, well, all people need to be saved. Yes, but you cannot save people in their sins. So you may be sympathetic to that person, but you must know that that person must put away of their sins. And even in that group, you have some who, who look at, at, at present truth and, and think that, no, all, the whole church needs it. And the whole church um, should be saved because it's all truth. Yes, it is, but it is not the truth for that time because in doing so, you're rejecting the, the means and, way, and ways of which the Lord would have you to be saved for that specific time. So in the, it, the same thing applies with these three groups with Adventists. Adventists is the whole house of Israel, and we, and we all have these three, these three groups amongst us that, that are sympathetic to some wrong principle, some wrong um, attribute of Satan that they're, that they're holding on and they need to cast off. Amen? Amen. Everybody following? Amen. All right. So, so at, this, at the end of, of this great trial, at when, the civil, when that law goes forth and that civil mandate goes forth, and that, and the Lord now truly punishes those that are um, that are truly desecrating His marriage um, institution. Even those in Adventists are going to fall to it, and they are just going to demonstrate that they had that spirit within them from the very beginning. Amen. Amen. All right. Let us continue. Ephesians five verses fourteen to eighteen. It says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth and sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as 
wise. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So, so to be wise is to redeem the time, to, um, to, to strengthen those things that remain. So to strengthen the things that remain is to redeem the time that you do have. This little um, space of probation that is left, it, is, it behooves us to strengthen those things that remain. Go back upon the studies, as my, my brother has said in the past, and, and make sure that every point is stamped upon our minds, that we truly know of the, of the faith that we proclaim. It says, wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand. So to be wise is to understand. And we don't have to understand all, not everything in its entirety, but we must have, a, have the, the principles and a, a right understanding of the, the message for this time. We have to have that kind of, of message. Amen? Amen? We have to have that understanding. It says, but un, okay, wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. So, ex so wine is what? Excess. excess. So to be drunk with wine is excess. And, and it will put you right in the group of those that, um, that Paul, speaking to Timothy, was, was speaking of. It says, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead. Because to do things to excess, most of the time, is pleasurable to, um, um, to man. For example, we all have to eat, but many people eat three, four, five, six times a day because it is pleasurable unto them. We all, um, it is wise to, to consummate our vows, but doing it constantly in excess is that it is that wrong thing that, that is pleasurable to us. But in doing so, we are performing things and we're doing acts that to us, we're living, but we're actually dying. All right. Next quote, Acts of the Apostles 467, paragraph three. says, not in freedom from trial, but in the midst of it is Christian character developed. So, Oh, I'll continue. It says, exposure to rebuffs and opposition leads the follower of Christ to greater watchfulness and more earnest prayer to the mighty helper. Severe trial endured by the grace of God develops patience, vigilance, fortitude, and a deep abiding trust in God. It is the triumph of the Christian faith that enables its followers to suffer and be strong to submit and thus to conquer, to be killed all the day long and yet and yet to live, to bear the cross and thus to win the crown of glory. This is why it is, it is wrong for us to murmur at any trial that comes up before us, no matter what the trial may be. It is, it is a, a, a detriment to our salvation to murmur and complain and fret and get upset at any little thing that... Um, that may rile us up with frustration, annoyance, or whatever it, it may be. Because in doing so, we're murmuring after the very thing that is there to save us from ourselves. Amen. Go ahead. I think a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of us don't recognize the trial. And 
we don't see it as a trial. We just see it as something that we're just going to defend ourselves from. Mm -hmm. So we don't recognize it when it comes because of where it comes from, who it comes from, how it comes, or whatever. We don't recognize it. This is a test. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, and that's why, um, like Jacob, we have to see what is in the ladder. So we have to see what is beyond that, um, that trial. Mm -hmm. And just because we always have to keep in mind that um, Christ says he make his pavilion in, in, in what? In darkness, in trials. His pavilion is in trials. That's what that, that verse is telling us. That in that darkness, Christ is in there. So if you're engulfed in that, um, in that trial, in that frustration, whatever it may be, Christ is always there with you. So the best thing for you to do is to call for his name. Call out Christ's name. Call for him so that he can come and condescend with you and be there um, closest to you in the midst of this, in this trial. Because it is in that darkness where he shines forth the brightest. Why? Because he delivers you from it. When Israel was at the, the banks of the Red Sea, before it parted, they were fearful, weren't they? Mm -hmm. it, was, it was one of the most scariest things for Israel at that point. Mm -hmm. But what did they have to do? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They had to step in the water. Israel still had to go forward. Mm -hmm. And they had to meet Christ in the sea. Amen. Amen? Just like the disciples, Peter had to step out into the water, right? So that he can exercise the faith in which he said he had. And Amen. Israel had to do the same thing. But once Israel stepped into the water, what happened? It parted. The trial abated. So it's the same thing with us. The same God that was there for them is the same God that's going to be here for us. So in the trial... We are to remember, wait, the Lord says he makes his pavilion in darkness. He makes his pavilion in this time where I need him the most. Do not let Satan make us forget the things that the Lord has told us. Remember the Sabbath day, the Lord says. Remember him. Amen? Amen. We cannot forget. We cannot forget because if we do the trial will overtake us and we cannot let that happen the door is open before the church of philadelphia we must be a part of that church so that we can enter into that door amen alamai has a as a quote and i think it's in life sketches where she looks back on all the trials that she had from 1840 to 1844. And she says that was the, 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 I think she says the most glorious time in her life, I believe, or the, the best time in her life. Because in those trials is when she saw she drew closer to God than she ever was. And at the end of this trial, we will see that, man, the Lord truly sustained us and truly gathered us for this very purpose. And that this trial is the best thing to save us from ourselves. Because a lot of us, we have a lot of sins that we do not know that we're actually bringing to life. Mm -hmm. And how do you bring them to life? By exercising them, by doing them. This is how you bring these things to life. Because they all begin as a wrong thought. And all these wrong thoughts, they can die as a wrong thought. 
No being in the whole universe can ever see that wrong thought being manifested. But as soon as you act that thought out, now you have brought that thought to life. And the world says that they have acted on their intrusive thoughts. And there's always something bad that they, that they do um, saying that they acted on their intrusive thoughts. But it is, it's not something false that they're saying. It's true. It's a right statement. Those intrusive thoughts that people talk about is just their satanic um, nature that is, that is coming out, that is bringing up these wrong thoughts in their head, and they're just acting upon it. These are cultivated and hereditary traits of character. And we all have these traits that has been either passed down from our parents or things that we have developed because of our upbringing. And these wrong traits always try to get the ascendancy above us, to overtake us, to destroy us. But if we fight against them and know that even in this time we're battling these wrong thoughts, that Christ is there as an abiding, loving father, then we would also gain the ascendancy over those wrong thoughts. Amen? All right. So, now let's, let's understand this, this trial. Because in this trial, we are to manifest the character that we have within us. Amen? Amen. And as we, are bef- as we are a spectacle to the, to the universe, all the eyes of the universe will be seeing what characteristics are we bringing to life. Are we listening to our intrusive thoughts? Or are we... Are we manifesting the thoughts of God within us? Are we representing him with the same 10 characteristics that he gave to Moses when he was on, when he was in the Mount, um, Mount Sinai? Those are the characteristics that we must um, manifest. So, so let us see how this is going to play about. How does the universe see, um, see us um, going about um, during this, this little time. So let's go under searching eyes of God. And it says, the Lord has rich blessing, blessings for, for, the church, um, for the church if its members will seek earnestly to arouse from this um, perilous lukewarmness. A religion of vanity, words um, devoid of vitality, a character destitute of moral strength, These are pointed out in the solemn message addressed by the true witness to the churches, warning them against pride, worldliness, formalism, and self-sufficiency. It says, to him that says, I am rich and increased with goods and have needs of nothing, the Lord of heaven declares, thou thou knowest not, thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. But to the lowly, the suffering, the faithful, the patient... Who are, who are alive in their, in their weakness and insufficiency are given words of what? Of encouragement. Okay? We all following? All right. The, the, those who are lowly, the Lord lifts up. He gives them words of encouragement. It says, behold, I stand at the what? I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. The true witness says to all, I know thy works. 
I know thy works. This close scrutiny is over the churches in Alabama. Let's personalize it. In Living Waters. All right? To Rashad. Okay? It says, nothing escapes his what? His searching gaze. So nothing escapes the searching gaze of the Lord. It says, their faults and errors, their neglects, their failures, their sinful departure from the truth, their declensions and shortcomings, all, all are opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. All right? Okay, this is, these are the things that we have to um, cast off. These are the things that we have to, um, we have to neglect and strengthen the things that the Lord has given us. Strengthen ourselves in the understanding of the scapegoat, in the understanding of the smiting of the shepherd, in understanding of the great light that the Lord has given us in these past few months. Because if we look back, since we've entered into the fifth day, fourth month, we have gradually been increasing in our understanding. Since 2020, as COVID spread and increased in its, um, in its disastrous wave over the earth, so the message has been increasing in its light upon us. And just if, if you, you um, think back and remember and look back on how the Lord has been teaching us, as they've come out with a new variant of COVID, the Lord comes also comes out with an even greater um, principle to teach us. And he increases on the old principles that he has helped us to understand, like Alpha and the Omega. So as the Lord has been guiding us, we have been increasing in our understanding of the Bible and being, and being able to teach these things more plainly and gather those who are, um, who are, downtrodden by Satan's um, effects. Amen? Amen? All right. Leave him alone. All right. Okay. Patriarchs and Prophets, 495, paragraph 1. So this is a, where we're going to go through this same type. We're going to go through the type of the investigative judgment and how the Lord is going to thoroughly search us Last week, I went through um, the Lord purging us and purging us of the, of the wrongs that, that we have um, inherited and, and cultivated over, over our, our years here on, on this earth. But it says, early in the morning, Joshua gathered the people together by their tribes. All right. All right. So, yeah. So, so now all Israel is gathered by their tribes. Amen. So now in Adventists, all are gathered by their conferences. Okay, same, same thing. The Northeastern Conference, the South whatever conference, all these other conferences. All right. The Lord is going to gather them the self-same way because Joshua is a type of Christ. Amen. It says step by step, the investigation went on. Closer and still closer came, came the fearful test. First the tribe, then what? Then the family, then the household. It says, then the what? The man. Then the man. All right? This is that close scrutiny. He's going to come down all the way to the individual. And then we're all going to have to stand for ourselves. 
It says, And Achan, the son of Carmi, of the tribe of Judah, was pointed out by the finger of God as the troubler of Israel. It says, to establish his, to, his, to establish his guilt beyond all question, leaving no ground for the charge that he had been unjustly condemned. Joshua solemnly adjured Achan to acknowledge the truth. So the first step, just like in an AA meeting, is to do what? To acknowledge. To acknowledge that you are a sinner. Amen? Amen. All right. Because this all goes back to the, the 2520. And we have to remember the four, the four things of reinstatement. Confess your sins. Confess the sins of your father. Those things that, that has been passed down. Okay? Humble yourself and accept the punishment. Okay? Those four, we have to go through those, those four. If you don't remember it, it's Leviticus 26, verse 40 to 41. All right? All right. It says, The wretched man, the wretched man made full confession of his, of his crime. Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord, the Lord of Israel. When I saw among the spoils, of, uh, spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and two 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. Then I coveted it and took them and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent. So now let's, let's, let's give this a, a spiritual application and let's apply it to ourselves. So Achan saw this Babylonian, um, this Babylonian garment and the wine of the wine of Babylon is false doctrine. Amen. All right, so he saw this false doctrine, and he partook in this false doctrine, and he ate of this false doctrine, and then he took it and hid it in the earth. What is the earth? He hid it within his heart. Mm -hmm. So there's false doctrines that we have taken, we have eaten, and we have hidden it within our hearts. So the same way that Joshua searched through Israel is how the Lord is going to search through us. And he's going to bring up that Babylonian garment that, it was, that is within our minds. And if we fight against that thing that we try to hold dear to ourselves, thinking that it is to our betterment, but it is only to our detriment, we are going to fight against God and fight against his searching gaze and fight against that thing that is actually there to help us. All right? This is what the investigative judgment is, 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 um, is about. Removing that Babylonian garment that is within our hearts. Amen? All right. It says, in the next quote, next bold, it says, Sentence was pronounced and immediately executed. And next bowl, it says, wherefore, the name of, of that place was called the Valley of Acor. It says, that is trouble. So it's the Valley of Trouble, okay? And, and the Valley of Trouble, because of, of the, the 36 that died because of Achan, and the, the, the death of Achan, and the stones that were put upon him, upon him to mark that um that um that apostasy that took place it is also the same that is going to take place with the, the with the um the time of trouble as well 
So the time of trouble is the valley of trouble. Amen? It's where many are going to perish and there's going to be a mark, a, la a lasting mark that shows that that time of trouble took place. Amen? What is that lasting mark? They are engraved upon Christ's hands, aren't they? Okay. Amen. All right. 4T385, paragraph 2. Can I have a reader for this, please? 4T385, paragraph 2. As the Holy One upon the throne slowly turned the leaves of the ledger, and his eyes rested for a moment upon individuals, his glance seemed to burn into their very souls, and at the same moment, every word and action of their lives passed before their minds as, cl as clearly as, through as though traced before their vision in letters of fire. Trembling seized them, and their faces turned pale. Okay, so now let's envision this taking place upon us. The Lord is searching through our ledger, and the ledger of heaven is the, is the books that, um, that show forth our good deeds and our wrong deeds. And, and if our names are written next to good deeds, then those things will remain. And the Lord will strengthen those things that remain. Because the same thing that goes to the church of Sardis, the Lord Christ himself also accomplishes. And he strengthened those good deeds that are within our hearts. Okay? Okay, continue. It says the, their first appearance. Mm -hmm. Their first appearance when around the throne was that of careless indifference. But how changed their appearance now? The feeling of security is gone, and in its place is a nameless terror. A dread is upon every soul, lest he shall be found among those who are wait wanting. Every eye is riveted upon the face of the one upon the throne. And as his solemn searching eye sweeps over that company, there is a quaking of heart, for they are self-condemned without one word being uttered. In anguish of soul, each declares his own guilt and with terrible vividness sees that by sinning he is thrown away the precious boon of eternal life. Okay, so in this, this, this is, um, this is, is, is going to take place, one, at the end of the world, but we're going to have a taste of it. All of our, all of our, our sins and wrong deeds will come up before our, um, before our eyes. And like the quote that I read um, last week, it says that our sins will find us out. And those wrong things will, um, will find us and how we deal with them um, determines our entry into this door. Amen? Are we going to try to justify them and say, oh no, I did this only because. Or if you didn't say such, then I wouldn't have done such. Or, well, I wasn't feeling good that day and, and such and such and because of that and all these things only justify um, the wrong acts that we have done. But if you humble yourself and say, yes, Lord, I am a sinner. Yes, forgive me for what I have done. 
Forgive me for saying those wrong things. Forgive me for acting in such a manner because I did dishonor my Lord. This is what lifts us up out of, out of the, um, the muck that is sin, out of that nasty filth that is sin and brings us up another round in the ladder and allows us to enter into this door. The reason for trial, the reason for this test, the reason for going over these things that may seem dark and seem dreary and seem dreary is to prepare us to overcome the wrong things that is within our hearts. Amen? Amen. The Bible says you could do nothing against the truth, only what? Only for it. That also applies to those who hold to the truth. Because if you hold the truth, Satan will not be able to overtake you. He would only aid in helping you to see your sins. Why? Because he will bring them up. But if you continually repent of them, every time he brings up another wrong, all, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to be cleansed from it. This is why he could, only, he could do nothing but, but help you. In essence, only in principle alone, is Satan still fulfilling his work as covering cherub. Because in bringing trials upon you and you overcome the trial, you're making God's light more glorious. Amen? Amen? This is the purpose for our trials. It is to cleanse us, to heal us, and remove the issues that are truly defiling us from allowing the light to shine. Amen? Amen. All right, let us close here with a, a word of prayer. And we'll begin from Hosea 2 in the next um, presentation. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for um, your, your means of, of saving us for this time. We thank you, O Lord, for all that you've done in preparing our hearts for um, the trial of our faith that is to come. And Lord, I pray that you may please um, help us in turning from our wrongs, in doing those things that are, are pleasing to thy sight. Guide us, O Lord, through this Sabbath day, and I pray that you may help us in in understanding these things that that we may be, be gathered with with all the all the righteous that has gone in the past and the righteous that are to um, to come in Jesus name we pray amen